Welcome to the sixth episode of Egg Timer Philosophy. This week on the Egg Timer, we continue with the theme of knowledge from last week's episode, but we leave the Western and European tradition and branch off into the area of classic Islamic philosophy. Specifically, we will be considering the views of the 11th century thinker, Al-Ghazali, as presented in the first 17 sections or paragraphs of his work, Deliverance from Error. This section of his work is quite short and can be read in about 10 to 15 minutes. Before going further, a special note is in order. Many of the ideas offered by Al-Ghazali about knowledge sound very close, if not identical, to those offered by Descartes that were covered in last week's Egg Timer. The chronology here is important. Al-Ghazali is writing roughly 400 years before Descartes, so if anyone is offering original thought here, it is Al-Ghazali and less so Descartes. Now, Descartes doesn't cite or reference Al-Ghazali in his writings, so it's possible that the two thinkers simply made independent discoveries of the same ideas regarding knowledge spread out over a few centuries of history. That being said, the ideas are close enough that if I had a student write such similar ideas to the thoughts of another, we would, at least, we would at least have to sit down and have a talk about plagiarism. One important difference between the thoughts about knowledge offered by Descartes and those that are offered by Al-Ghazali is that from the very moment you start to read Al-Ghazali's work, you quickly see that for him, ultimately, God is going to be a critical component to any claims about knowing something. You see this from the very first paragraph of Deliverance from Error. A non-deceiving God also serves a critical role in Descartes' views about knowledge. But unlike Al-Ghazali, Descartes reserves invoking this importance until after he is able to establish a knowledge claim, specifically, I think, therefore, I am, without invoking God. But despite these differences, both Al-Ghazali and Descartes see knowledge as something that must involve certainty, or, as Al-Ghazali often says, a type of safety from error. So from paragraph 7 of Deliverance from Error, Al-Ghazali tells us the following. So I begun by saying to myself, what I seek is knowledge of the true meaning of things, of necessity, therefore, I must inquire into just what the true meaning of knowledge is. Then it became clear to me that sure and certain knowledge is that in which the thing known is so manifest that no doubt clings to it, nor is it accompanied by the possibility of error and deception, nor can the mind even suppose such a possibility. Shortly later, in section 8, Al-Ghazali continues by saying, I realized then that whatever I did not know in this way, and was not certain with this kind of certainty, was unreliable and unsure knowledge, and that every knowledge accompanied by safety from error is not sure and certain knowledge. So we see here that just like Descartes, Al-Ghazali is seeking after a certainty which he cannot doubt as a way to establish that he knows anything at all. He focuses attention on two types of beliefs. First, those derived from sense data or empirical beliefs, such as I see a chair in front of me or I smell the flower at the tip of my nose. The second type of beliefs he focuses on, he deems to be self-evident beliefs. So let's look at these in order. He quickly dismisses the idea that the empirical beliefs we form could possibly be immune to doubt. For instance, our sight often deceives us. 
He gives the example of seeing a star in the sky and thinking it is very small, but knowing through rational proofs that it is extremely large. His general point here applies to any optical illusion that we know to be illusion, not through the senses, but through reason. A genuine optical illusion will always trick our senses, even after we reject what we see because of rational proof. Al-Ghazali also notes a tenuous relationship that we often have to the truth of the empirical world because of our dream states. So, just like Descartes did roughly 400 years after him, Al-Ghazali makes the very strong case that all empirical beliefs are subject to doubt, and hence cannot confer knowledge, at least not if knowledge involves certainty or safety from error. But what about the self-evident beliefs that reason offers us? These beliefs would include things like Descartes' cogito, I think, therefore I am, or perhaps a mathematical belief such as 2 plus 2 equals 4. Those can be known with certainty, right? Not so fast. Al-Ghazali, unlike Descartes, says no. And here the genius and cunning of Al-Ghazali's position shines through. In a compelling linguistic turn, he personifies the sense judge in our mind and the reason judge in our mind. So I'm going to read from paragraphs 11 through 14 uh, because they're so masterfully done, and I want to put that on the table for everyone to hear. This is again from Al-Ghazali's Deliverance from Error. Then I said, my reliance on sense data has has also become untenable. Perhaps, therefore, I can rely only on those rational data which belong to the category of primary truth, such as our asserting that 10 is more than 3, and that one and the same thing cannot be simultaneously affirmed and denied, and one of the same thing cannot be incipient and eternal, existent and non-existent, necessary and impossible. Then, since data spoke up, what assurance have you that your reliance on rational data is not like your reliance on sense data? Indeed, you used to have confidence in me. Then the reason judge came along and gave me the lie. But were it not for the reason judge, you would still accept me as true. So there may be, beyond the perception of reason, another judge. And if that later revealed itself, it would give the lie to the judgments of reason just as the reason judge revealed itself and gave the lie to the judgments of sense. The mere fact of non-appearance of that further perception does not prove the impossibility of its existence. For a brief space, my soul hesitated, and the answer to that objection, and sense data reinforcing their difficulty by an appeal to dreaming, saying, Don't you see? That when you were asleep, you believe certain things and imagine certain circumstances and believe they are fixed and lasting and entertain no doubts about their being their status. Then you woke up and know that all your imaginings and beliefs were groundless and unsubstantial. So while everything you believe through sensation or intellection in your waking state may be true in relation to that state, but what assurance have you? that you may not have suddenly experienced a state which would have the same relation to your waking state as the latter to your dreaming state, and your waking state would be dreaming in relation to the new and further state. If you found yourself in such such a state, you would be sure that all your rational beliefs were unsubstantial fancies. It may be but that the state beyond is that which the Sufis claim is theirs, for they allege in the states they experience, when they concentrate inwardly and suspend sensation, they see phenomena which are not in accord with the normal data of reason, 
or it may be that this state is deaf. So that was rather long, but I think it it helps to point out this kind of wonderful critique that Al-Ghazali gives us. So in these sections, Al-Ghazali has unbridled the full power of skepticism in respect to reason, offering us any self-evident truths that are beyond doubt. Descartes thought that his belief of, I think, therefore I am, was beyond all doubt. But Al-Ghazali shows us that this belief is just as subject to doubt as any of the beliefs that Descartes doubted. (laughs) In this way, Al-Ghazali has destroyed what Descartes tried to save about 400 years before Descartes thought he saved it. I suspect some listening might simply reject a state of awareness that surpasses the rational mind and creates doubt upon self-evident truth derived thereof. A few closing points are in order about that rejection. First, Al-Ghazali reminds us that we have already happily rejected our empirical states of awareness when reason seems to suggest that we ought to. So if we make this objection, it cannot be about rejecting states of awareness full stop because we are already committed to doing exactly this, say, for instance, when we reject the optical illusion. Second, and again, as Al-Ghazali points out, there may be a great many people in all cultural traditions who report entering into states of awareness that transcend and place doubts upon the veracity of rational states. So long as such states of awareness are possible, then doubt not only permeates our empirical beliefs, but also our rationally foundation self-evident ones as well. Until next timer on Egg Timer Philosophy, wishing you good philosophical vibes.